0: It is the pink elephant theory. If the guest wants a pink elephant, get them a pink elephant. If you can't find a pink elephant, get a horse, paint it pink, convince the guest that's an elephant. Do whatever it takes to ensure they're happy. That's it. Are they happy? And we are back. It is the pink elephant. I'm Chris Adams. Have an amazing day. Guest, actually in in a part of, of the U.S. that I'm very familiar with, special place in my heart for sure. But I got Raya Greathouse is with us today, an, an amazing attorney in the Atlanta area doing really really big things. And welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. I'm I'm really glad to be here. Of course. Now I, I got a question for you because I always ask this question because it's honestly out of curiosity. You're an attorney. You have a great house trial yeah. law. Have you yeah. always known that you wanted to be an attorney? Like, was that something at, at, as a kid, you're like, that's what I want to do. No, absolutely not. So as a
1: kid, I think like every kid wants to be, you have dreams of making it, you know, to whatever. Exactly. Sport, what team do you, you want to play for? I want to be a baseball player. I want to play for the Braves. And ultimately I said, I, my dream job actually would be the the general manager for the Braves, even though our, our current GM is doing a phenomenal job, but uh, I would want to be a GM and, and Assemble this all-star team and just keep the the Braves of the '90s going. You want to bring, you know, bring back and the
0: guy, bring
1: all of them back. But you know, both of my parents were actually in the legal field. My dad was with the DA's office in Atlanta in Fulton County for over 20 plus years, so he's he's been you know in that arena forever. Then my mom just retired from the public defender's office where she wasn't a lawyer, but she was an investigator and an assistant there. So it's always kind of been in my blood where it was a fallback in saying, well, if I don't have anything else to do, then I guess I'll go in the, to the law, the legal field. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I, I, I still in undergrad had my dreams of, of sports. So I said, all right, well maybe I'll go to law school and I'll be a sports yeah. agent. And then, you know, as I as I went through that, I said, all right, well, maybe not sports agent and let me just see what goes on. And next thing I know, I'm in law school and and then eventually catapults me to be able to be a prosecutor, which I thought I was going to do for the majority of my career, if not
0: all of my career. Huh? So, I mean, that's so many interesting points for me on that because it's not necessarily what you, you weren't at like 12 years old. You weren't throwing suits on and like debating at 12, like I'm going to be an attorney, right? No. Yet- you obviously with the success you have found and you're, you're passionate about what you're doing, that's for sure. And I think it's a good point for people that are trying to figure it out. Right. I, I think we right, in society yeah. and that's our culture. It's like people are just searching for happiness and what do I do? What am I trying to do with my life and switching jobs? And you don't necessarily have to have to figure it out in high school of exactly what you're going to do. Right. It, it's almost just having patience and allowing it to come to you as necessary is that i mean that's at least that's the way i I see it you know one of the one of the things that my parents just instilled in me
1: is just be a sponge soak up soak up as much knowledge as you can be as good or as great in as many things as you possibly can and then eventually you'll find your yeah you know but you've got to you've got to be able to knock you know knock on as many doors as possible for, for that opportunity. And that's, that's one of the things that I I was able to do. Yeah. I
0: just, I literally was just having a conversation with someone and they were struggling with kind of this of saying, you know, I just don't know what I want to do. And I was like, well, what are you doing? Like, well, I haven't figured that out. And I'm like, we'll just go do something. Like if you don't try things, I mean, I could tell you, I end up doing consulting, lifestyle, luxury, hospitality, not even remotely close to anything I grew up doing. I had no one in my family that did this. Like it was not something that I even knew was a job necessarily. And I just kept knocking on doors. Like you said, until finally I was like, that's the door. That's the right one. But I would have never known that if I hadn't just blindly knocked. So I think it's it's a great lesson, right? Well, well, I'll say to, to even expand on
1: that, one of the things that you know, I have an eight-year-old and I've started him early, You know, I've, ever since he was four or five, I remember saying it to him, be a problem solver. There's money in being the problem solver. So it doesn't matter in what career field it is, what aspect of life. If you are able to be a problem solver, you will make money, period. Could not. You know, think about it all the way to the, the guy who who, you know, pumps out porta-potties. Obviously that's a problem that needed to be solved and, and he was able to solve it. Boom. You've got a lucrative business. So that's an end.
0: You were speaking truth. I, my team, we were just at a project and it was a, it was a little bit of a struggle stuff going on. And I had, you know, team members like, oh my God, this is this and this isn't ready. And this is such a pain. I'm like, you understand the whole purpose of our role is to fix things. Like that's why we exist. If things yeah. are perfect, they don't call us. Yeah. Like we don't have job, where things are perfect. Like it's called job security. And and so it's like changing your perspective and mindset of the whole reason that we have a company and we're successful. What we do is because we're professional problem solvers. We find ways to get it done. So it's a truth, 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 my friend. That is for sure. So, so you have your firm in Atlanta area. You went to school though in Houston, right? Yep. Okay. Correct. Uh, How how do you,
1: do you love Houston? Houston was cool. Well, it wasn't cool. It was very hot. I enjoyed Houston. Uh, Houston is very similar to Atlanta as far as the diversity. The food was amazing. The the culture, the scene. I liked Houston. I could have stayed in Houston. But, you know, when I came out of law school in 2010, that was during the recession. And pretty much no one was offering jobs. And Granted, things were better in Houston because they had the oil and gas. They had the energy to kind of sustain it, wasn't? you know, as impacted as as other cities, but the job market was bleak. And my parents being here, you know, I'm I'm very grateful to them where they said, hey, you can come home and figure it out. And that's exactly what happened. I, I moved, you know, when I graduated, I didn't have a job offer. But while I'm studying for the bar, I said, let me go home. While I'm studying, I have a roof over my head. I have some food. I'm not having to pay for it. And that way I can really you know, focus on passing the bar because that's the most important thing. And, and then the rest of the things will fall into place. And that's exactly what happened. And because of that, I passed the bar on the first time, was able to get a job. Even before I passed the bar during that summer, I was able to find a job and then, you know, set my roots and, and, and things were able
0: to take off. I love your perspective too, man. It, it's, it's looking at situations and everything says, you know, I'm going to look at everything half full, right? It's not the half empty approach of like, hey, this is a cool opportunity. Most people don't get the opportunity to go back. My, my parents are there. They're able to help me during this time, which means I can focus on what my future is going to be A line My dad used to say to me always was, don't be afraid of delayed gratification. Right. And I think you looked at that mm. and said, this is, yeah. this isn't a, a bad thing. This is a huge opportunity for me. And you took that and boom, you, you passed the bar on the first try. I, I mean, that's huge. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I had a coach once that said, you know, do what you have to do now so that you can do what you want to do later. And that's one of those things. And you talk about delayed gratification. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash the the young generation now because I've got some, you know, a few employees that are in that that age range. But I think that that's one of the things that we've kind of fallen out of as a society. Everybody wants the now. We're we're looking to jump to what's the shiny thing now. What's gonna What's gonna give me now? I want this now quick. And and it's like you never you never allow for the opportunity to, to develop, you know, it's, it's kind of like in, in sports. I don't know if you're a football guy, I always
0: talk in very much
1: and everything. My, my my team hates it, but I'm like, but you get what I'm saying. It's like a running back, you know, where they have to allow the play to develop. You got to let the whole develop. And then when you see the whole boom, you hit it hard. And that's
0: what I think that opportunity. Sadly, you know, I I have two kids and I think that, when we look at where we're at, and look, I'm not going to turn this into what's the downfalls of social media, but I think it has caused us a skewed perception of what reality is. One, because you know people only post, you know, what the the amazing things that happens in their lives randomly. You don't get all the stuff in between, and I think you know everyone's right. chasing this fake celebrity esque lifestyle of a car a house a lifestyle that is it's not real life for most of the people that are posting that stuff it's not real life and as a result the Mm -hmm. i always say people always want what i have they're not willing to do what i do to get to get there right and that journey of what it takes and and fighting and the hundred hour work weeks and and not having money in the bank and trying to figure out food and all those things that you're you're forced to go through to get to where you're trying to go. No one wants to talk about that. They only want to talk about the finished result. And I think that because we live in this snapshot society of what social media has that exactly of what you just talked about. Of we want the instant it's I just want that and not willing to go through that process of what it takes to get there. Cause that process too gives you a little bit stability. So when you do arrive, you know how to behave, you know, how to act, you know, how to treat Absolutely. it with respect versus, you know, it's the old adage of winning the lottery and then going bankrupt in three years. Right. You're not prepared for it. Handle it. Right. right, right, right. No, I, I always look at social media. It's
1: the highlights, you know, it's, it's your highlight that you're sharing because to go back to what you were saying, you know. It's not sexy footage for me filming myself in a library studying for 13 hours a day when I was in law school. It's not sexy footage for me to clip, you know, me literally being every position at my law firm at two in the morning, sitting at a desk in my, in my, you know, in my first condo. That's not sexy footage. So that's, that's not what you're going to see. You're going to see the end result. But the problem is, like you said, people not understanding and saying, well, there was more behind this story. And they take it at face value and say, "This is what I want. This is what I want it, want now." How you much?
0: Know? So, I, I agree, how I agree. much are you feel that you you have to or you need to use social media just from a business perspective? Forget the the personal side of like your your life, but I mean, we're at a point now from business. If you're not taking advantage of social media, it's kind of a miss. We're not throwing stuff on billboards so much anymore. Right. How much are you seeing that as a direction that you're you're being forced to, whether you want to or not, kind of move in that direction?
1: You have to. And like you said, if you're not playing in that space, you're missing a huge opportunity because this is this is the most efficient way to get in front of potential buyers or your potential avatar, so to speak, that that you would sell to your average customer. So yeah, I've I've had to get on social media specifically in the last. 18 months, I feel like a substantial part of our marketing budget has had to go into social media. Whereas before, you know, it, like you said, the traditional mediums or TV, radio or billboards. And I always said, I don't ever want to be on a billboard, but this is like the new yeah. billboard. Right. And, and you have to you have to play in that space. And it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. And my marketing team and I talk about it all the time because. Some of it, I'm like, I don't want to post that. This is, this is for me. And they're like, well, you have to show this because A, people want to know what you're doing. They, they want to know who's this guy that I'm hiring. And then B, they want to see success. Nobody wants to hire the lawyer that isn't successful. You know, it, it, was, it was an old boss said to me, and I thought it was the most shallow thing at the time. And then I, I really came to understand what he was saying later. And I was driving a Nissan Maxima at the time. And I loved my Nissan Maxima. It's not to car shame anybody and everything, you know, different strokes for different folks. But he said straight up, no one is going to give you a million dollar case when you pull up to them in a Nissan Maxima.
0: Yeah, it's going to get haircut. And it hit
1: bingo. So I think that it, it really forces you to say this is our brand this is what we represent and and to put that out and and to be consistent yeah with.
0: it's it's amazing how much decision making is made on the visual perception of and you know it, it's mm-hmm. sad because you don't want to you're, you're not trying to fake something or play a, a part that's not real at the same time it skews right. your perception of of someone's success or not success or how they handle their their business I just saw a statistic the other day that said 90% of all social decisions are made by or by social influence, right? And 90% of decision-making mm-hmm. is made by social influence. Like that's, that's a staggering statistic to me that says we almost don't know how to think for ourselves anymore because we're just being pushed in whatever direction that the the wind is, is blowing that day. Absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll
1: share a quick story with that. One of the things when we started social media and, and even before social media and our marketing campaigns, one of the things that I said is, I will not be one of those cheesy lawyers that's sitting there saying, I settled a case for X amount or whatever millionaire. I said, no, that, that's, not, that's not who I wanna attract. And I had those principles and it wasn't until my marketing guy said, let me just try something. Let me just, let me just have a few of your clients that you represented where they'll tell how much they got and that social credibility as you say it was crazy like once i put hey there are real life people and this is their story and what they got all of a sudden it's like that that credibility popped in and now boom people are saying oh well i see you got you know such and such you know this amount of money i have a similar case can you help me too so it's crazy that the influence that others have on on
0: on people and the decisions. Yeah, that it is. What do you see? You're, you're in Atlanta. It's, you know, an amazing city that has a lot going on. You know, it's it's one of the bigger cities that we have in the U.S. Where do you see, where's Atlanta at? I mean, coming from, coming out of the pandemic, where do you see it going? Have you Have you seen a shift in the market of the direction of what's happening in Atlanta? Atlanta's booming. We're we're back, and it's like I don't know if people during the pandemic
1: said let me let me move to Atlanta, no. but Atlanta's open and it, it is booming, and traffic is only getting worse. But as, as as you and I joked before we started, it's the gift and the curse because there, there's obviously job security, you know, with with millions of people commuting daily. Um, I, I saw a stat; I think Atlanta is number one, if either number two, either way, we're in the top three for traffic accidents in the nation. So. Atlanta is booming. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to work. But unfortunately with people comes traffic and with traffic comes accidents. So I always tell anyone who's driving on any of the Atlanta roads, the Metro Atlanta roads, the highways and so forth, protect yourself at all times, protect yourself with, with proper insurance coverage. Cause unfortunately everyone here doesn't have the insurance they need. So protect yourself and have that. And then, you know, keep a proper lookout, make sure that you're being a defensive driver and then thirdly, make sure that you know a good lawyer that you always have on hand for inevitably when something does go wrong. Is it something, you know, as it usually will, that you can call and make sure that you're not standing yeah. to be. So that, that's kind of where Atlanta is that's right It's good now. to
0: hear that the city's continuing to, to progress and move in the right direction. That, that's awesome. What is, as you look at yeah. your business and your firm, you have a lot going on, not just at the firm. You have a lot going on outside the firm as well. What direction do you see, you know, the next five, 10, 15 years? Do you have a clear path on where you're trying to go and what's next for you? I do bigger. I am I, a
1: man of, of faith. You know, I, I believe in an awesome God who can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could even dare to ask or imagine. So that's always been my personal challenge is bigger. Whose problem can I solve today and how many people can I help? So as long as I'm asking myself that question, I'm always thinking bigger, what is the next thing? What is what is the best way to allow for our services to reach the masses? And we do that in our firm. And even a new project that that we've just launched just this year, kind of a passion project is what's called, it's a business called the House of, of Great Care. And what it is, is it's an in-home uh, daycare facility medical services that we provide to medically fragile children you know and this is, these are kids with all types of ailments spina bifida wheelchair bound cerebral palsy and the, the list goes on where we are providing services where someone's coming in and bathing them feeding them doing occupational therapy and a, and a list of other things and that's completely free through the Georgia Medicaid wow. program so that's something that we're offering to families, and I'm really excited about it because it, it's, it's, it's needed services, and so many people are unaware that this exists. So that, that's my next thing, is making sure we get the word out there to help as many families well, as
0: Well, one, can. I wanna say, I mean, amazing that you're doing that. Congratulations to your te- you and your team for putting that in place and finding that avenue and resource for those that, that need assistance. It does make me curious what, what happened or who did you meet or who was in your life that you said that this is something that has now become personal and passionate for me for, to go find this? Sure. Sure. So one of
1: the things, the, the, the dark side of personal injury and what we do is that while many cases we are successful, and when I mean successful, we're able to get whatever the max is from the insurance company. There are also a number of cases where that money's just not enough. It doesn't put, it doesn't put that person back together again. And they're left with these permanent elements, these, these permanent disabilities and injuries, and they don't have the resources to help them through it. And they're literally left saying, well, what's next? And it's, it's terrible because as the lawyer, I just throw my hands up because there's, there's really nothing I can offer. That's a problem I can't solve and it just so happened that my neighbor operates one of the largest facilities in Atlanta and we started talking he said, look it's not hard I can show you exactly how, how I do what I do and it's just something where I said, look obviously I you know I enjoy business I, I enjoy generating money providing jobs and so forth but this is something where I can say this also fits in my core value of fighting and providing a needed service for those who are in a bad situation that are not because of their own doing. So that's kind of how it was just a perfect marriage. I tell you,
0: it's, it's enlightening to hear, you know, look, let's in, in full transparency, a lot of times there's this stigma around attorneys of, you know, heartless, just going after, do what they have to do. Not, it's not about the emotional side, right? You just, you, you have a job, you have to get it done. And the fact that it speaks volumes to me that you, yeah, you, you solved a problem, but you solved the problem because your heart saw there, there was an issue. And you look, most of what our team does is really focused in that hospitality space, whether it's luxury hotels or or restaurants, bars. And I think what you just said was in every business, even having a very successful law firm, hospitality still means something, still having a heart for other people Absolutely. is extremely important in in really finding value behind what you do. Like, what's that thing you go home at night and say, Absolutely. man, I, I did something for someone today. I helped someone. And that's, I mean, that's awesome, man. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you saying that. So as you expand that and, you know, your company, how you started, how how many years have you when did you start your firm? Sep, se- easy day to remember. September 11th, 2015. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're eight years now into this. I'm very curious yep. what your vision was on September 15th. I mean, September 11th, 2015. What your vision was then to where you are now? How much has it evolved and changed? I couldn't have fathomed that we would be doing what, what we're doing now. And that's what I talk about, that
1: that faith and that god giving you abundance and doing bigger one of the things that i always say is that if you're great at what you do and you do right by people the sky's the limit and that's just something that i've really 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 made every effort to do is be great at my craft and be great with people you do those two things and great things happen
0: you know i live by my grandfather was a pastor i I live by be a good person right so just do the right thing It's not about what is it going to cost you? What is the right thing to do? And then allow, allow that to come back to you a hundredfold, right? And be careful to not put a timeline on when you believe that it should return back to you. Just know that you're doing the right thing. And and I I can assure you at some point you'll be able to look back and go, oh my God, I had, where did this come from? How did I get here? And it's also, it's very cool to me because it's happened to me as well. What I thought I was going to be doing or what I thought the vision was going to be for our company versus a decade later, I never thought in a million years yeah. the direction, it, the, the path I would have gone down. And I think that's important for business owners to always remember is to not force a situation, be nimble, and make sure that you're keeping your mm-hmm. eye on what, what your client, what the market is telling you. Versus what you believed it was supposed to be, is that a fair assessment? Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt. I think that's that perfectly sums it up. Yeah, it's just, you could write a whole book. I, it's it's it's. I don't I don't want to downplay because I want to give business the gravity it you know entrepreneurship the gravity it deserves. But I think sometimes we overcomplicate it when it really
0: is is as, as simple as you just said. Yeah. I will tell you, stepping out. You know when I I left a, a huge company with Ritz Carlton Marriott hotels to do my own thing. And that's a, that's mm-hmm. not, it's not a path for everyone. You know, I believe that everyone was put on this, on this earth for a purpose with gifts that they've been, that they were gifted, whether they realize it or not. Yeah. And not everyone is supposed to do, not everyone's supposed to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone's supposed to be a millionaire, Correct. a billionaire, all those things. You were here for a purpose. And I think where we miss the mark sometimes and where people struggle with finding their, their purpose and finding happiness is, is not focusing on what their purpose is and focusing on how do I achieve a lifestyle right instead of saying like, what's my God given purpose, what am I naturally good at? And we all have this and going back to sports analogies, I kind of do the same thing as you and I use the Van Gundy brothers as my analogy. And I said, growing up, their passion probably was to be an NBA player. And they would go outside every day from morning until night and shoot the basketball. And I don't care how much they shot, their natural God-given talent, they would have never made it to the NBA. And as a result, like most people, they would have just said, well, I'm just not good enough, so let me go find a job. And they're going to live the rest of their life unhappy because they're not doing their purpose. right? Versus saying, what am I good at? I'm a great I I see the game a different way. I see I coach uh, all these things and say, how can I attach my purpose, what I'm passionate about, with what my natural God-given abilities Mm -hmm. are? And if you can find that intersection, that's where you start to find happiness. And then money comes as a byproduct of it. And I think that's the mark that most people miss. Absolutely. Absolutely. thousand percent, I agree. So how do people... You know, you talked about this new venture that you you have stepped into, helping disabled children, and I know that it's funded through you said through Georgia and the, and the Medicaid program. How can is there a way for people that are also passionate about this that would love to get involved? Is there something they can do to assist you in that? Absolutely, they can reach out.
1: It's it's houseofgreatcare.com. We'd we'd love to provide as many resources. So we're always looking for volunteers. We're always wanting to get involved in the community. Like you said, it's not even about making the money. It's about enriching the lives of others, especially these kids. So we'd we'd be more than happy to have as many volunteers. Or if there's a family that could benefit from our services,
0: we'd love to hear from them and and see if we can go ahead and get them in our program. That's awesome. That's awesome. So once again, the website on that is www.houseofcare.com dot com house of house of great care house of great care.com it's a it's such a great resource and i think regardless of what you do and what your day-to-day job is when you can find outlets of places that you can go and contribute and and walk away at the end of the night knowing that you're doing your part to assist you know individuals that don't have the opportunities that that others have it speaks volumes for you as a person and starts Mm -hmm. to bring a little bit more value just to your day-to-day life Absolutely.
1: So I'll share a quick, quick story about a failed business that I had. And it's because it didn't check any of those boxes that we talked about before. So we just walked away, completely walked away, took a loss on a mosquito control company. And it was one of those things where, you know, I I was working with the franchise broker and I'm always looking for other investments and so forth. And he said, hey. You know, we've got this great opportunity. The the money is is here. This these are the profit margins, and they're doing amazing in other territories. And they're the hottest selling brand, and they're coming into the Georgia market. You'd be the first to get in, and and it's a great deal. And it just made it made so much sense on paper. But it was something that a I wasn't passionate about. I don't care about mosquitoes. I actually, believe it or not, had to take almost like a mosquito bar exam. I had to learn about mosquitoes. Go to the community college and take an exam to get my my license with from the state to be able to spray oh my ghost and and i wow i didn't be able to own the company and it was a failure it was a failure it was it was a franchise and there were so many reasons it failed mainly i didn't have a passionate a passion for it it, it was supposed to just be a body maker and it it was run by another company. So we talked about the ability to be nimble, to be quick, to to call audibles as needed. Couldn't do that because I was tied by somebody else's rules. And it ultimately ended up being a failure. So within two years, we walked yeah. away. You know, you know, it's because it, it didn't boxes that we it's talked funny.
0: About. One, I, I'm not a fan of mosquitoes in the least bit. That's why I live on the West coast. We don't deal with that. So I, I really wish that would have taken off for you. I feel like it'd be a big win for people, but Failing doesn't make you a failure. And I Not think that when you, one thing you need to be completely secure and okay with as an entrepreneur is the ability to push, fail, learn, and keep mm-hmm. going, right? It's a, I use Absolutely. the term with my team when, when something doesn't go right, you need to be able to really quick hit control, alt, delete. You need to be able to get on a plane, control, Alt delete, wipe it away and keep going. And I did. Yep. Yep.
1: And I think it's, it's also with that knowing when to hit the eject button and it goes twofold. It's one of those where I feel like some people don't give it enough time. And then some people give it too much time where it was something where we could, tell, Hey, this is, this is not the move. Let's go ahead and cut our losses so we can, we can stop the loss and move on. And I think it takes that entrepreneurial maturity in saying it didn't work. That's cool. I get it didn't work. Let's move on. Instead of the whole, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And and next thing you know, you're 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 losing the house because you you didn't know when to pull the plug. Yeah,
0: it's it's so true. And we're kind of the same way. I'm constantly looking for what's the next investment. How can we get involved in something? But I'm like you, where I rarely get involved in something that I'm not heavily involved in, where I don't have my Mm -hmm. hands deep into it. One because I want to understand it. I mean, if I'm putting, if I'm putting, I, we have worked our tail off to get to where we are. I started with, when I launched this company, I had nothing, I had no investors. So to get to this point to say, I can actually invest in things. I want to know, I want to know what I'm investing in. I want my hands in it. I want to understand it. I want to see, we use a term constantly with our team that says, where are we adding value? And if I can't add value to your company and the only value I add is, is writing a check, then that's probably not a good investment for me. Like I I want to make sure that we're right. there's we're bringing something more to the table to be involved in something than just just handing you zeros. And so I think that's a that's a big thing that I've learned is cuz I've done the same thing as you man. Oh, I'm going to invest in this cuz it's going to give me a quick payout. And every time I do it yeah. it I, it backfires on me every single time. Yeah. You know and and that's <laughs> That's why I'm a terrible gambler.
1: Like I don't gamble. You know, I've got a buddy who is, I mean, he's the man when it comes to Vegas, he, (laughs) he, he's hitting, he's winning the sports bet. I mean, he started a nice, nice business consulting up. Not for me, man. It it goes sad. Whatever I did. And he just finally said, dude, I'm not going to give you any more picks because (laughs)
0: he cut you off.
1: I, I I feel like I am the missing link and it's not said with arrogance or anything, but, I've learned that the, the things that are successful are the things that I'm able to have my finger on and control and, and able to move and, and strategize and, and have some say in versus, as you said, those investments, the mosquito mosquitoes. I wasn't involved in that. It was my money. I hired a team. All right, cool. Y'all y'all go do this. And yeah. it failed. So what I've learned is in order for it to succeed, I have to be involved. I have to put my say in it. And it's not You know, it's not to pat myself on the back and say I have the magic touch, but I've learned that I have, I'm the missing ingredient. I have to be involved because it's my vision and efforts that have been successful in pushing my goals forward.
0: I couldn't agree more. How do you balance as we've grown? And I have these tentacles that now come out from our company and I have individuals that are leading these divisions. But at the end of the day, it's these are all still my baby, right? And I'm still heavily involved in every aspect of the business. How have you learned how to balance your time between all the different things you have going on to ensure that it doesn't slip away too much and you lose that that Midas touch you talked about of you being involved in it? I have a really good team.
1: And that's where it it, it is never lost on me that... Because I have amazing people around me, I'm able to, to expand and stay organized and put my finger in, and always have a pulse on it. And what I mean by that is to be involved with everything doesn't mean that I have to necessarily be in the trenches. You know, I, I heard a, a quote, it was on the show Billions. I don't know if you've oh, seen that. Or, but, great show. But there was, a, there was a quote where it was during the takeover, they were trying to woo a client and the client wasn't interested. And he said, there's a reason that generals aren't in the trenches. And it's like that, that jumped out at me so often. It's like, you want to be involved because it needs your vision. It needs your strategy, but that doesn't mean that you have to be in the weeds doing everything yourself and where I am with all of my businesses, where I have my level of, of, you know, my, my wife is awesome. I have an amazing operations manager, I have an executive assistant. I have what what's kind of my my cabinet, my brain trust. And then by working through them, I'm able to keep the pulse on the rest of the team members in, in the other projects that we so
0: have. So so that that you're you're hitting the nail on the head of of how a successful business needs to be running to not sustain but also continue to grow. And I have a I'm a huge advocate and very passionate about leadership in general. And what does that look like? What does that mean? And all of the things you're speaking about is it's great leadership. And so I'm curious as you have, you have very senior level people that work, other attorneys that work alongside you. What does leadership mean to you? Like, well, how do you lead your team? And you just described a little bit of that, of, of things that you do, but do you really focus in on And, and think about the strategy behind your leadership approach. I do. So I,
1: I was, believe it or not, I was a, I was a leadership minor in, in college leadership studies where we, we studied, you know, all the great leaders from, you know, generals, presidents and, and social leaders, you know, Dr. King and president Kennedy Lincoln and so forth. And the one thing that they all had in common is vision. They all had a vision about what they wanted to accomplish. And I think that's where it starts in setting the vision. Once you figure the vision, you can figure out how to get there. But think about so often where these quote unquote leaders, they don't know what they want. They don't know what they want to go. They're a moving target. So their team can never get calibrated because they're never calibrated. They're never focused on what they want. They're kind of going wherever the wind blows them. And obviously – that's chaos and your team will never be able to succeed. It's it's like in sports where, where, you know, Hey, our goal at the end of the year is to win a championship. Yep, It's the same thing in business where, where I say, Hey, this is our goal. This is what we, we want to double our revenue. This is our revenue last year. This is what we want to do. We want to service a thousand new clients this year. And I'm just throwing out a round number. If We say, we want to do a thousand new clients and we want to make sure that out of that thousand, our, our score uh, is, is a four, eight out of five. That's our minimum standard. And that's what we know. All right, cool. Now we know that's our vision. That's our goal. How do we dial in? How can we fill in the gaps to make sure that we're, we're, we're heading you're, to that you're path?
0: Speak- and I think that's what you're-, you're speaking my language. X, do we call X to Y by when? And do we have a scoreboard along the way? Right. It, it's don't overcomplicate yep. what we're doing. And I know for us, it's also, when you look at hosp- the hospitality industry specifically, you know, we had a, a huge issue like many other industries, so I don't want to say it's specific to hospitality of just the workforce is no longer there. You don't have people that really want to be in that industry. And we, I truly believe a huge part of that is, and I've been a huge focus of this this past year for us is understanding what is culture and the culture of your organization. Mm-hmm. And so much emphasis was yeah. put on, Oh, the reason that they don't want to, that they're not at your, your company more is because of money. And the reality is, yes, everybody wants more money, but that's not the root cause of why they're necessarily not wanting to be there. It's because are you really giving them something that, that gives them purpose? That's it's bigger than money. It's bigger that says I come in every day for a real reason versus just swiping a clock to say I did a job today. And I think part of that is really understanding what leadership is. It's coming in every day And, and, and your team feels the culture that you live on a day-to-day basis. I say most organizations are phenomenal at creating culture, right? Most people nowadays, I'm going to start a business. And before they do it, they write what their mission statement is. And they've got their pillars and what they're going to vote. They're great at creation of culture where they struggle is the cultivation of that culture. Are you living it day in and day out that nine months later, that new employee that you have or team member looks and goes, now, this is how we live our organization day in right. and day out. And what you're doing at Great House is that you've established a culture. You've cast a vision for them, but you don't just cast the vision and walk away. You are living it day in and day out. So they truly understand that roadmap that you've set for them.
1: Yeah. And and one of the things that we noticed, we we had to take a deep dive in who we are. And, and you, you hit it on the head. You said, "What's the mission? What's the vision? What are, what are the values?" But one of the things that I realized that we were doing is that we were hiring for skill and we were neglecting the intangibles. So we were bringing in people saying, "Hey, this is a rock star. They can get the job done. They're, they're, they know the legal in and out." But they failed because they didn't. They weren't a culture fit. They didn't embrace the, the core values that, that we had. So one of the things that we started to do is say, "All right, well, let's let's hire on the values, and we can coach up the the legal side or the work." And when we switch from that, I mean, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's so much better, and we've got a better product. We, you know, so it's like we have people who otherwise weren't as quote unquote as skilled, but had the the coachability, and they're killing it. They're rock stars. I mean, our, our we've got a great community, and that's what we call it, and that's why. I've been intentional. You, you've heard me say it, my team, my team, my team, we're a team. You know, I don't say my employees, my staff, my workers, they a team, how do they fit in? And it's my job to be able to, to pick people and say, you know what, you're, you're the missing piece to our team, or you're going to add
0: that value that we man, need. I feel like you and I are so similar in how, how we operate our, our business because, we do the exact, everybody says, you know, oh man, I want to work for EAG. How do I work for EAG? And we literally just brought on a, a designer and for months we were searching with this designer and we had hundreds upon hundreds of people that were applying for this job. And every time I would look at the, the head of our design side and I go, how do they fit with How do they fit with us? How will they fit with the team and the culture? Don't tell me their resume. Don't tell me, don't show me the renderings of the stuff they've designed. Tell me the person. I want to know, does the person fit with who we are as a brand and in a family and a team? If they fit there, let's keep the conversation going. But we, and that is beauty to hear from somebody that's, and I think that it speaks to your success. It's why you continue to grow. It's why you continue to have people that are attracted to you. The law of attraction, because one, you're doing the right things. And you're focused on the right things. at your business. You're not just chasing money. If yep. you're chasing money, you're never going to catch it. You're doing the intangibles of what leadership yep. really is. And your organization is thriving because of it. So, man, I, I, you're the, you're the person that people want to work for. And that's a big thing.
1: I appreciate that. So
0: as we are closing this out, I want to know. What is the one thing, if someone's listening right now, whether they're they're just finishing up law school, maybe they're in the middle of law school right now. They're trying to figure out what to do next. Maybe they're just an entrepreneur trying to figure out their way. What's what's a bullet point or two that you would say, here's a couple of nuggets for you to hold on to at this point? I'd say the, the first, and, and we've talked about it time and time again,
1: the vision. You gotta have the vision. One of the things that we always start off every year my family and I, we have a tradition where New Year's Eve, where we have a, a great family dinner, we're watching all the the shows, but we're doing a vision board. We're setting, what do we want to accomplish this year? What do we want to attract? And I think that when you do that, you, you bring that goal closer to reality. You've gotten it out of your head. You've gotten it on paper. You're already starting to bring it to fruition. Um, I would say the vision is the first, the second one is, is go for it. Just go think so often we're asking why or how or when just go and and that comes from the sense of you know in church we're always asking God why he's just like just go I'll figure out the rest just go we we hop on airplanes right we don't know how it works but we we, we just go right same thing with 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 business just go it'll fall into place so I think with that vision and then that that just <laughs> the word go and then the last thing is that consistency. Those three things, that consistency, day in and day out, you're you're living, you're breathing, you are obsessed with your vision. We don't have any choice but to bring it to fruition. That I'd say those three things, you do that, no matter what it is, whether it's you wanting to be an entrepreneur or even just to be the best employee, you can be whatever it is, you do those three things, you are going to succeed. That is the law of nature. You cannot fail, you do those
0: three things. And I, I tell you, I feel like you and I could just sit and talk for hours. One getting Absolutely. something on paper. I, I could not agree more. I do mm-hmm. the same thing with, I have my leadership, my leadership circle, my circle of influence, I call where I put down physical names of individuals that I need to make sure that I'm focused on and spending time with, because they're phenomenal in, in areas that I want to, I want to be better at. And so whether it's reading their books, getting a, a 10 minutes on the phone with them, meeting them for lunch. I just need to be in their presence to see what they're doing on how I can be better. And and putting that on paper, like you said, literally writing down where you're going. It's, I can't, I can't recommend that enough for individuals. I love the go piece. Stop thinking, trust the process. And for me, the consistency that you talked about for me, that's, that's creating discipline. It says that if I can do something long enough and create those the right kind of habits, it, it, if I can create habits in yep. areas that I no longer have to think about it because I naturally just do it, it opens me up for new things, right? I no longer have to focus on that, so I can continue to become better and better somewhere else. So, and you're you're a rock star. You're literally one of the best in the business. I can't thank you enough for allowing us to get a few minutes of your time just to Im- impart some of this this knowledge and wisdom on, on those that are happened to be watching. So I can't thank you enough, my friend. Thanks for having me. It was, of course. So really quick as we, as we go off, if people are looking for you, they want to find you, they want to follow what's going on in your world. What's the best and easiest way. So you can find our website, our law firm website. It's
1: www.atltriallaw.com. Or if you're interested in the services piece, the the Medicaid services, that is houseofgreatcare.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at raya.greathouse. I'm sorry. I don't even know my,
0: (laughs) my IG. It's raya raya underscore great dot yes i love it i love it that's it thanks again for for hanging out with us here on the pink elephant i am chris adams uh, everyone knows you can follow us the website's www.ellisadamsgroup.com at ellis adams official or myself at chris adams underscore eag look forward to hanging out with you next week and hopefully we have somebody just as great as raya on the show the nuggets for you personally and for for your business thanks again and we'll see you next week